Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is your Ascot Day 5 preview show. How have we got to this stage? I feel like my voice is starting to slowly give way. Day 5, the Saturday, plenty to get stuck into as you would expect. It's been an excellent week. We are recording this on the morning of the Friday. So we're off the back of a fantastic day on the track. And we will be discussing it all on Wade In on Monday. Cannot wait for that show. We'll have loads to get through there too. But let's crack on with the day five preview. Uh, Dan Barber is in flying form on the tipping front. He's had not one, but two winners all <laughs> week long. Woo! Can't believe it, Dan. It's happening for you. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm really fresh. Powered through, haven't we? We've had a... It should have been physically demanding early starts and stuff, but despite the fact I look like shit, I actually feel fine. Okay, good. I want you to I want you to notice. Do you see this on my head? Looks like I fell over. I didn't. That's that's an injury that a hat gave me. So that is the perils of being a woman at Royal Ascot. Uh, Kev Blake, I last saw you yesterday in the car park at a picnic, giving it your best shot. How are you? How are the how are the energy levels? Oh, yeah, Grant. Only 60% of the way through, Vanessa. So we're only getting going. It'll take a bit of warming up, but uh, once we're rolling, we're rolling. Yeah. And DC, anything to report on ground or weather? Watering cans were out in force yesterday on the track as everyone was leaving. Uh, anything to add? No. Uh, quickening up. Um, watering. And, yeah, it's going to be good to firm, isn't it? And I heard I heard that, um, that bump on your forehead was from the... Uh, Ascot car park toilet, not from a hat, but we won't <laughs> go into that. Stop! Will you stop, TC? You're throwing me under the bus in a major way. Do not listen to him, everyone. It's a hat injury. Right. We roll on. We kick off the Saturday with the Chesham Stakes. And TC, we can come to you. Oh, God, I forgot it again. Before we do, bet 10, get 10. Have a... <laughs> Have a £10 bet on horse racing multiples with Betfair Sportsbook. Get a free... £10 bet on horse racing multiples. That applies to Saturday's racing. It's been the case all week. Get stuck in. Do it responsibly. You know the rules by now. We roll on to the Chesham. And TC, I'm coming to you first because this Pearls and Rubies, who tops the market at 2-1 to one currently, really caught your attention only two weeks ago, really, when yeah. she made her debut. And you were very keen on her then. Are you still keen on her now? Yeah. When did she make her debut? Two weeks ago. Yeah, where? And uh, Navin. Thank you. So I don't have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like it's been a consistent theme on racing only better and weighed in uh, in the last fortnight. And obviously, she went to she went to that track and um, over five furlongs. They were very worried about the trip, considering she's out of a, a an Oaks fourth, and considering she was uh, meeting a very very good yardstick in I am Victus. But uh, obviously, she did it well there, getting on top. They were soying with the six furlongs but decided to go straight up to seven um and the chance is obvious the problem is uh a price of two to one is and that's similar to the current exchange price it's just absolutely ridiculous we've seen this week two wheel races are a lottery 150 to one winner yesterday uh i can leave it well alone i can fully see the case for her but two to one no okay not at the prices then what about you kev Blake? what do you fancy at the prices in here um, I'll make a little case for Snellen of um, Gavin Cromwell's um, interesting yeah. Philly diss. Um, I was I saw her win a barrier trial at Nace a few weeks ago, 
And um, of about 10 divisions on the day, it was kind of the standout time performance. Um, quite impressive. And then came out to Limerick and was very well backed and was looking like she was going to go and win very well. And she just uh, veered left in the closing stages and made it a bit interesting. But she ultimately won well. She just was her own inexperience slash waywardness that just made it more competitive than it should have been. Um, fast back up. And it was only 10 days prior to this. Um, but I think she's interested at the price now. I'd say she's got quite a bit of talent. Um, Fiddies can win this. And um, yeah, look, as TC alluded to, like these two-year-old races have been pretty tough so far. And uh, I'd rather be with one at a price now than, than getting too bullish about one at the front end of the market. She is currently 12 to 1 on the sportsbook selling for the Garrett Cromwell Yard. Dan, we know this isn't your forte, the two-year-olds, but Aidan O'Brien does have two at the top of the market. So you've got a couple to go out there. Yeah, I am gonna I'm gonna fish in those uh tricky waters as well, given the given the price of the five, four point massively short than everything else. But it's not unheard of for a maiden to win this, thinking about it. I mean Holloway Boy won it on his debut last year, didn't he? Two caught my eye who haven't won a race yet, particularly Matt Nook, who produced a storming finish at Windsor. He's a well-bred horse. He's a see the stars going up in trip. And the other one I'm back is another see the stars. I'll go with Quattro Brass, number eight. Not four, sure about four, the pronunciation. Four, four Brass is what, is what that means. Four Brass. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, third in a bunch finish behind Lightning Leo and Sayadati Sadati, who reoppose. Um, but I thought this are shaped just about best of the trio with some good late headway against either stars and should be suited by a stiff seven. Okay, so that's a 25 to 1 poke, a 14 to 1 poke for Dan Barber. So plenty of darts at the board there. Let's move on to the Jersey Stakes. Uh, TC, I'll come back to you here. Obviously, over the seven furlongs, the group three, and Covey is your nine to four favourite, having um, basically been in pretty fine form so far this season in his three starts. And he's dropping back to the seven furlongs despite having stayed the eight well when we last saw him at Haydock. Engevar is next at six to one. The Antarctic in there, same price six as Mysterious Knight at sevens for the Charlie Appley team. I'm sure, he'd love to be in the winner's enclosure. Um, where do you land here? Kobe's been so um, impressive thus far. Is this just his for the taking here? Um, no, I was waiting for the prices to come up and I just thought it's going to be silly short, isn't it? But nine to four. Couldn't believe it was that was that skinny. Uh, wouldn't go anywhere near that. Obviously, mm. it made all that hate up last time. But he's only rated 100 and there's five pace rivals in here. You've got the, I'll read them out. The Antarctic, Holguin, Zoology, Empty Metaphor and Age of Kings are all possible rivals for the pace. So couldn't go anywhere near him at, well, I wouldn't go anywhere in 92, to be honest with you. But yeah, he, he could well win. Obviously, he's on a he's on a big, steep curve. Sportsman playing four places, um, and you'll probably need it here because it is quite a deep race. If you, you want, I probably won't have a bet, but if you wanted a token selection, maybe Olivia Meralda uh, won well at Epsom last time. Um, stalking Runstar might suit here, but I thought it was a nasty, nasty little race. Nasty, lordy, we don't hear you use that term too much. Olivia Moraldo is a token bet, it's currently nine to one on the sports book. Um, Kev Blake, I'm gonna be so disappointed if you're not tipping up Holloway Boy here. Yeah, that was that was 
I was giving that a bit of a build up there. I was fully expecting to see the Tip Holloway boy. Yeah. Um, but but alas, disappointed again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, look, look, I think he's a big price. I think he's a big price. Um, he is surely. He's currently ten to one by the way on the sports book. Yeah, like he's he's a bigger price elsewhere. You know, the clever sportsbook compilers are, are rightfully dodging him. Um, and look, he he was disappointing in the guineas, but sure, look, we've seen it again and again. You know, the ground went horrendous there. Um, like he's he's a particularly good moving horse, and I, I think his sound surface is, is always going to be best for him. And sure, look, his form stands up from last year in in this context. You know, uh, won the Cheshire debut, acquitted himself really well thereafter in group company. And um, forget about the reappearance run. And look, if he, I think I think dropping back to seven is interesting for him. Um, I, I think it's a worthwhile exercise. And um, yeah, I think he'll he'll run better than that price suggests he will. Lovely, lovely. This is from the man who, when he won here at, um, at the Royal Meeting, you picked him in the paddock, didn't you? You fell in love with him at first sight, Cub Blake. Paddock pick. Don't we, TC? I tell you what. Uh, um, Not quite cultish enough. Not you know what mustard half did. Yeah, yeah that, that, no, just, that's going to be a new thing now. Just just pick the one with the fifth leg. They always win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a very quick line. We didn't mention it in the first. Literally a very quick line. Um, um, you've got Warney, newcomer, in the first race. Uh, Joseph's horse. Um, what can you tell us in that in a couple of lines? Yeah, he ran in the barrier trial. Um, he was bought He was bought by um, Australian Connections. Um, they they wanted to work backwards from the Chesham, um, and he shaped quite well in the barrier trial. He actually was behind Snellen in the barrier trial. I'm almost certain, if I'm remembering correctly, came from a fair way back and ran on and finished third. Um, I think I'm operating off memory, but I know he shaped quite nicely. Did enough to justify coming here. Um, yeah, middle distance prospect more than likely, but um, showed had shown up well enough in his work, shown up well enough in the barrier trial. Come and have a go, see what happens. Nice. Uh, Dan, quick line from you on the jersey. I'm with the boy. I'm with the boy as well. One thing I would know is oh. if um, something like Sakir pulls clear with Noble Style, doing the same thing that Holloway Boy are doing basically in the Commonwealth Cup, coming from the Guineas, having tried a mile and it not worked. Yeah. I wonder if I don't know. It's just a chance that this horse will shorten because people will try and jump on the bandwagon of that angle he's already proven it a mile but seven films at ascot he's obviously proven for him the guineas was a mess loads of horses didn't show the form and i thought 10 to 1 was too big on the quality of that two-year-old form not just a cheshire win but the way he gave august rodan the biggest scare of all at doncaster only to decide to head into the middle of the track all right, strong weights all the way, boy. Then on we go. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't telling lies. Yeah, he, he finished third to um to Snellen with a horse called Metallurgy in second, who's very nice himself. We're watching. You can watch the replays of those barrier trials on the Irish Turbot Marketing website if you dig them out. It's worth seeing. Uh, we're worth looking at Snellen. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Right, uh, three forty over the six furlongs is the Jubilee Stakes. And Artorius is your 15 to 4 favourite for the Aussies. James McDonald in the saddle. Lots of chat about this horse. Obviously, ran at the meeting last year. They say they've got him in better form this year. They think that he 
is coming here as best as he's ever been. And he tops the market here ahead of Highfield Princess, who we saw run on Tuesday. She's four to one, declared to go here. Then you've got Wellington for the Richard Gibson yard over from Chartin at nine to two. Kin Ross, really interesting. First run back since the Breeders' Cup and such a good year. Last year at six to one and Sacred in there at sevens. Rohan at nines. My God, it's a great race. So many angles in, uh, Dan. But we have spoken about Wellington on the preview show loads. and. He's a monster, isn't he, in here? Nine to two against these lot? Yeah, that I can't remember exactly when the other two put him up, uh, what price he was when they put him up. I don't I think it might have been eights or something, was it? It was bigger than nine to two. So yeah, yeah, their views on that horse will be more instructive. I'm sticking with Artorius. I certainly think he should be a linchpin of each way multiples. He's going to finish strongly, as he always does. He may not get there in time, but he ran a smashing race at the at the meeting last year, late headway. Unlike Cool and Gatter on the opening day, we know he's fine traveling over here and there's no issues on that score. I don't think this is an especially strong race. Just look at the market, look at some of the horses that the I mean Rohan's nine to one. He was he was 33s for the Wokingham last year. Um so I don't think it's that strong this. And I think Artorius is actually running against a lesser level of competition, bar maybe two of them. And they're the next two in the betting. All right. Of the two of you, TC and Kev, raise your hand. Who wants to make the case for Wellington then? I go on, I will. Go. Um, I go on, Kev. He, yeah, look, he's one of the best sprinters in the world, um, in fairness to him. Like uh, like on, on the World Herbert rankings, world's best racehorse rankings even. Um, he's been bumping into um, Lucky Swainess there for the last while, who is the best sprinter in the world um, by a margin. Um, he actually beat him back in October, in albeit in... Um, a high class handicap and look he's just a very good horse and he's well equipped for what this race um represents in that sometimes you'd be a little bit worried about the internationals over six because it's a it's a particularly stiff six by international standards but um he's won a group one over seven furlongs as well so he does have that, that bit more um stamina as does arturius um but i just uh, i would prefer wellington's run style um, he's very straightforward. He'll be up there. Um, Ryan knows him, has one on him, um, has been booked for this ride for some time. Um, the ground is going to be right in that. It'll be it'll be nice and quick. So, yeah, I think he's really solid. I've nothing against Artorius. I put him up in the race last year. Um, he, as Dan says, he seems solid. He should be hitting the line really hard, but hopefully it'll be hitting the line hard as Wellington uh, surges away and goes and does the job for Hong Kong. Does the job. Um TC, do you have anything at a bigger price away from the ones covered already at the top of the market? No, I'll, I'll stick with Wellington. I mean, the sportsbook must have seen some money from yesterday because it was uh, cut from 13 to 2, which is the best price around. Uh, and actually cut it twice. It's now in 9 to 2. So I'm not going to be pressing up at that price. But go read what Ryan says in his Betfair column. It should be up Friday afternoon. I actually got him to go on the record and saying um, if Lucky Swainus, the one, the horse that uh, Wellington's been knocking heads with, I got him to say on the record that if Lucky Swainus was in this race, and as Kev said, Wellington's actually beat that horse and finished a length behind it on a couple of other occasions. He said Lucky Swainus would be would be freeze on in this race, and um, so if you take that form line to its logical conclusion, then Wellington may be still overpriced around about. Sixes on the exchange. So yeah, I'm I'm keeping the face of Wellington. Although one judge did tell me that looking at his recent runs and barrier trials, 
his action is probably not as good as it was last year, which I wouldn't know anything about, but I'll just chuck that in because that's what I've been told and he'd be a, a legitimate source. All right. Okay. Interesting. Uh, let's roll on at TC to the Hardwick Stakes, the 420 over the mile four. And this is where we see Hookham. There was talking about potentially being going elsewhere, but he's ended up here in the group two. He's 13 to eight at the top of the market and he's taking on Free Wind, who's 11 to four. Obviously, she made her reappearance. And um, when she beat Rogue Millennium, that form obviously stacks up because she won early in the week. Then Doville Legend is next best at sixes. Pile driver in there at sixes as well. Um, great little group too. This really competitive, I thought. And I'm predicting that all three of us are going to land on different. Oh, all three of you are going to land on different horses here. Um, yeah, I'd I'll be. I wouldn't be deserting Hookham. Uh, it's thirteen to eight. As much as I'm a big fan of Free Wind, and you can make the case for. Pile driver and Dover legend hook them. But the problem is the ground has got to be an issue here. And I think we're going to get a situation where Owen Burroughs is going to be walking the course on Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, I can when see you've that. Got, and when you've got an eight-runner race, do you do you be wanting to to play this race before that? I would suggest not. So I think you're going to be best in the world uh, watching brief here. The problem is, I mean, hook and rang on good to firm on um his debut he's never raced on anything that quick since officially um and so it has to be a concern in fact i went and had a look at the time form site and the only time they've had him racing on good to firm since was in the 2020 st ledger and he underperformed there uh when fifth as a 72 chance so as much as i think he's the best horse in the race uh and if they let, allow him to run and they think it's okay i think it's 13, 13 to 8 is a very very decent price and i'll probably end up backing him if he can get at least probably a little bit bigger on the exchange but i think we're going to be waiting on his participation come saturday morning all right uh kev grand alliance is in this at 33 to 1 obviously famously threw away um his race at this meeting last year and talk into the microphone sorry can you not hear me sorry sorry i'm just talking about grand alliance being a dog essentially uh but he's But uh, what my point is, is that the fact that he's your 33 to 1 outsider in here just sums up the fact you can make a case for so many. Yeah, it's strong. Look, Hookham and Free Wind, you know, they, they set high bars, you know, they're, they're group one horses. Um, and look, I'm afraid of Free Wind. How could you not be? She's looked really good. Come Mac was was really good over, you know, an inadequate mile, and a, extended mile and a quarter. Um, but, you know, Hookham, I just can't get that Coronation Cup performance out of my head, really. I know there's water under the bridge and an injury, etc. since, but um, he did do very well on his return. I know you could read the race a few different ways, but he ultimately, whatever about you think about his relative merits, the, the Desert Crown, like he's ultimately powered away from good horses as well, you know, solid horses um, like Solid Stone and cash etc um and i thought he beat desert crown fair and square too so um back up to what is probably for me his best trip um like the ground like if they can maintain the ground the way it is i think it'll be fine um like okay. around around the round track i think i think it's no excuses ground really for pretty much anything um and they'll try and maintain it whether they can succeed or not i don't know um looking outside it's hopefully not going to be as sunny and bakey as it was yesterday um so yeah hook him i was looking forward to looking forward to yeah it was bakey it was bakey i was glad i was not kevin in the sun all day yesterday uh kevin kevin was baking yesterday at times i'm glad i was under my little um 
our little our little um what you call it little canopy. tent basically with um canopy with um with sky because hard. um jesus not not much fun now if you're standing standing in it all day but that's me being an irishman i like hook'em okay two votes hook'em this isn't the way that i thought this was going to go you're going to make it three down yes yeah, as, as we probably should say to the haters sometimes hook'em we're just going to carry on and uh continue to work hard um yeah, just a horse here. I think the closer you get to the time, he's not that dissimilar to the price when we did the preview show. But the closer you get to the time, I think you get a gain of appreciation of what a solid top level performer this horse has become as a, as a six year old now. Um, as much as the reappearance was good, think back to what he did in that Coronation Cup where he gave Pile Driver an absolute hammering, beating nearly five lengths. Pile Driver's third or fourth in, in this market. Free wins the one the market wants to be with, but it's just a bigger test of her credentials. She's up against a really streetwise, prolific horse who, when chances present themselves, he almost always takes them. So I'm Hook'em too. God, three votes for Hook'em. All right, on we roll to the Wokingham over the six furlongs. And Orazio is your seven to one favourite uh, for the Charlie Hills team. Impressive here when we last saw him. Probe is next best at eight. Chipstead, I'm such a fan of his, is currently 10 to 1. Kanjar is in there at 10s as well. Dan, it's as wide open as you would expect a Wokingham to be. What have you landed on here? Have yeah. you untangled this mess of a race? <laughs> Great. Yeah, good renewal this. Really good renewal. Loads of course form. It might seem counterintuitive to go with a horse of this age, but I do think they've been very valid excuses for summer gun my first dart is lethal levi i'll get that out of the way first um he he strikes me as a a, a young sprinter a four-year-old sprinter who still hasn't shown his best he's improved nearly every time he's made it to the track that was a really good run at york second time back he's a horse who i don't think has peaked yet by any means i'm interested to see his views on draws i'm I don't know, I'm all over the show with the draw this week. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on. It's been entirely unpredictable. Uh, but the the, the nine-year-old I mentioned is Summer Gand, who I just don't think has been seen to best advantage. He had excuses on terms of either ground, track. The day he ran at York, it was six furlongs, firm ground. I mean, it's just not easy to get into races at that track under such conditions. He's, as he's had excuses already, if he doesn't run better today, then yeah, I'm accepting that he's not the force of all, but it's it's not that long ago that he was having a sparkling end to last season. He's one of the most reliable, dependable sprinters on the scene. And the stronger the pace, the better for him because he'll be weaving his way through late. Six places. Um I'd hope. Yeah. I always say hope. I need a new new word. Um Summergan's got a wealth of form that suggests he can get in the first half dozen. All right, well, can I throw to- something out there? 16, the draw doesn't but... matter. The draw doesn't matter. I don't think there's anything in the draw, really. It's all all week long, uh, straight track. I think if you're good enough, you're good enough. Chelsea I, thoroughbreds I, will agree, won't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. look, I, th- I think we, we tie ourselves in knots about draws in this track, and sometimes it is clear. But I think this week, I, th- I think there's very little in it anywhere. It's just not something I'd be thinking too deeply about if you if you're really heavily doing the race myself. I love the um, curveball yesterday. It's not just split into two groups in that one race. It's actually split into four just to try. Four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to try and throw it up the centre. This stuff about the draw, people say this all the time. It's absolute bollocks. I mean, 
People say, oh, it doesn't matter where the pace is. The first thing you do when looking at every race, especially a sprint race, do your pace map. And then after that, if you think the draw doesn't matter then and track position doesn't matter, then fine. But do the yeah. work first and then dismiss it. I hate people say, oh, I don't look at the draw. I don't look at the pace map. Absolute lazy bollocks. Anyway. Um, oh, rant over, rant over. Go on. That's true, though, isn't it? You've got to, that's the first thing you've got to do when you look at any range. Do your pace map. And if you're after that, it doesn't really matter. They're fine. At least you've done your stuff. Um I couldn't after all that, I couldn't see much uh, in the in the pace map or the or the draw in this. But I'm yeah. gonna go with I, I like being down the stand side for some reason. Obviously, Docklands did me a favor yesterday. And I'm gonna go with St. Lawrence. The problem is the sportsman odds compilers like it as well, and they're bottom price 20 to one, six places. And so I'm gonna end up I'm I'm back in. Oh, you take this. And I know but, why. Honestly, it's got so much going for it. Um it's currently 33s win only on next chase, and I'll probably, given the depth of the race, I'll probably end up backing in win only anyway, and that's the place to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's got a lot going for it. I mean, obviously, he's got two runs this season, um, and I think you can make excuses for both of them. Uh, actually, you don't need to make excuses for the first one. Ran really well when four lengths, um, six or seven in the Abenant. Uh, the last time he's uh, the last run is harder to excuse, but the track position counted against him there. He did run badly, but you you can throw that out. And the the upside of that run is he's dropped three pounds. Now he's off a mark of a hundred now. That's the lowest mark he's been for over two years. When he the last time he ran summit a similar, he was ahead second of uh, sixteen at Newbury in April twenty twenty one when he should have won. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got loads of course form. He's got he was, he's second in the uh, uh, pavilion stakes. He was only beaten six lengths in the King Stands last year. Um, uh, and, you know, and we had a we had a difference of opinion about trainers, which is obviously um, Roger Varian to uh, Archie Watson is, is undoubtedly a trainer upgrade. Uh, so, yeah, everything is going, everything is in place for St. Lawrence to bounce back to form. And the icing on the cake is, the blinkers, who which he put up his best career under the King Stand, blinkers are back on, and yep, I can see this going very well. Obviously, he could finish last because that is the nature of these sprint handicaps. But at the current price of thirty feet one on the exchange, St Lawrence is the way to go. Come on, Archie. Go on, Archie. Right on we on we go to the Golden Gates handicap over the mile two furlongs for the three year olds. As competitive as these races get, as you would expect, Canute is your seven to two favourite. Not Brex is in there at four to one. Um, first sight in there at sevens. Lion of War has been impressive so far at eight for the Charlie Appleby team. Um, TC, I'll come to you first here for the Golden Gates. Yeah. Um, where did Pearls and Rubies make her debut? Navin. Right, right, yeah. But can you can you won there uh, last time in a Premier handicap, um, and very impressive there. Uh, the handicap of thought so upped him eleven pounds effectively. Uh, well, from going from the Irish mark of eighty two to ninety three here, but I think it was probably justified. He, he did win really snugly there. There was an Emmett Mullen switcher in second who was punted late on, uh, and he saw him up pretty easily. Uh, there was another three lengths back to a last time out. Aidan O'Brien. Horse in third. So I think that's very strong form, uh, Premier Handicap form. Um, so I think you have to have him on side. Uh, all the fives and the nine to two in the marketplace went yesterday. And he's now around about 4.8, 4.9 on the change. I I will, well, I have, I have backed him at nine to two, actually. 
So I, I think you've got to have him on side. Uh, that mark of 93 might seem, you know, a harsh rise, but look at the dam, look at the breeding. Uh, out of Alice Springs, dual group one winner. Obviously, he's bred to be a lot better than 93. Uh, my main bet in the race, though, is Line of War. Uh, the, uh, playing five yes. places here, the sports book, eight to one. Uh, now, this horse was a big talking horse after winning his first two last year. Went off 11 to four for the superlative stakes, didn't do anything there, and it's been pretty much disappointing uh, since. But just go and have a look at his uh, win at Musselboro last time and go from the start because he started badly. Um, he was hampered and he was four length last after a furlough. Um, so for him to do what he did, up, charged up the straight in a, up the straight to win convincingly, how the handicapper only give him four pounds. I mean, Dan can probably tell me if the handicapper takes into account, you know, the start and losing lots of length, but considering where he was after a furlong and how he, how easily he won in the end, uh, I think the four pound rise is to a mark of 90. I think it's, it's very, very lenient. The only thing I've got against him, stall 17 wouldn't be ideal. And the way he races, he's really ungainly and looks very awkward. So, you know, that I can see him potentially blowing out, but I have to, given that the, the and that muscle ball win last time was in a good time as well. So I have to have him as my premier bet in the race. Eight to one each way, line of war, five places. Lovely. Beautiful. A thing of beauty. Kev Blake, what about you in the Golden Gates? Not a big view, but I thought Cuban Dawn um, was is a big price. Um, Jim Bulger, ridden by Holly Doyle, um, was bought by Australian Connections at the Goffs London sale on Monday for 300 grand. And you could just read his form quite favourably. Like he's been, his form has got various boosts along the way um, that makes a mark at 91 look reasonable. Um, and I remember seeing him at the Ireland sales even. He was a beauty. Um, and I'd say like he's he's to me he's crying out for further like it wouldn't have been a mad thing now to try to run him in the King George the fifth over a mile and a half but they've gone for the mile two instead and um, he's a big old price now and um, I thought he he was definitely worth a good look. All right, that's lovely. We will move on to the last race six ten Queen Alexandra Stakes Kev and I will stick with you here because. Stratum back for more two to one at the top of the market. Won the race last year for Team Mullins. Run for Oscar Cesarich, winner at 100 to 30. Dawn Rising, though, is seven to two for the Joseph O'Brien Yard. It's been a relatively frustrating week as we record this on Friday morning. Things may well have changed for Joseph by the time listeners and viewers are taking all of this on board. But Dawn Rising has a chance of sending the boys home with a winner. Ryan Moore book for the ride. What do you know, Kev? Yeah, they're running really well. They're just not winning Vanessa, which is kind of unfortunate because that's what you want. <laughs> you know, right? Margins are so fine, aren't they, though? Like, yeah, it's, it's oh, so mine is hard. no one's going to be remembering it's, second place. I, yeah, I was, so I was thinking no, about that yesterday when Docklands. I thought, you ain't going to get up, are you? You're not going to get up. And it was yeah. like that much. I mean, like I said, the margins all weeks have been have been tiny. It's completely yeah, and that Docklands is like was like literally a stone well in probably, and he and he nearly got beat, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he won his side by about twelve links. I mean, the, yeah, it's incredible. And those straight tracks all this week, oh, they've been strung up like Cheltenham. Mm. It, it's bizarre yeah. to see. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it's been it's been a bit of a frustrating week. You're not turning up to finish second. It's it's great that they're running well, but you, you want you want them you want one of them to win at least. Um, and this fella is probably Joseph's best remaining chance. I'd say he has bits and pieces. Good chance for the Duke of Edinburgh today. Um, but this fella um is probably going to be the shortest price of his remaining contenders. And to me, look, he looks very solid. Um, Stratum, you know, ten years of age. Um, you know, being nine that didn't didn't hold him back last year. But um, it has to start catching them at some stage. And um, look, he's got to give three pounds to Dawn Rising, who um, stays really well, as we've seen from his hurdle exploits. Oh, TC, I thought I thought he was going to say stays longer than the mother-in-law. I thought we were going to have a gamble landed there. Damn it. No, 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 I resisted. I resisted. Someone's got the copyright on that. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and look, he stays really well. His flat form is quite high level. Like he's he's only had like a relatively small number of runs, uh, most of them for Aiden. Um, but he made a really good comeback to the flat for Joseph last time in a, in a good group three. You know, it wasn't all about that day uh, and he ran very well. I know Pond King strictly didn't do much for the form earlier in the week, but he just had a rotten draw and he didn't run too bad behind Vauban considering he was coming from last and Vauban setting a, a tepid enough pace. Um, so yeah, Dawn Rising, like you, you can never be bullish about the trip. It's an extended two mile five furlongs, but um, he has always seemed that type. Um, you know, he's very much a, a three miler over hurdles for all that it didn't happen in the Albert Bartlett, and um, the ground shouldn't be an issue. And yeah, look, I, I, Ryan's taking the ride, and I'd be pretty, uh, you know, I'll, you know, you, you can never be too sick here because it's hard, but um, yeah, I think he, he looks really solid to me. All right, very solid vote for Dawn Rising. Uh, are you bullish about anything in here, TC? No, it's interesting, the jockeys, because obviously Ryan always rides for Willie, and so I imagine Willie would have wanted uh, him to ride Stratton. There was some talk earlier in the week that Stratton was going to be Frankie's... Yeah, yeah, because he went to ride it, didn't he? And I, was, and I was very, very surprised that Frankie hasn't got a ride in this. I don't know whether he's going to get on the piss from Saturday afternoon onwards, but um, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so that's, that's a big pointer to Joseph horse. I just thought run for Oscar was an obvious tee up for this job, uh, tee up job for this over a mile four last time. We know he's a stayer. Um, yeah. He'd be, I probably won't end up having a bet in the race, but yeah, run for Oscar half interests me around about four to one on the exchange, but uh yeah, the jockey bookings could be the big pointer there. Yeah, it's, I'd say they're desperate for a run for Oscar to get dropped a pound. Um, you know, because if, if if he'd been dropped a pound, he would have been he would have got into the Ascot Stakes of top mm. weight. Um, as it was, he could technically have run, but he's the first to get balloted out of one hundred and one, and he didn't get in. Um, but yeah, he's 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 dangerous based on that that um that performance in the Cesare, which yeah, you'd be, you'd be fearful of him. Dan, the boys have made a case for this being very competitive, but the form that you're in, it's the form of your life. And so we're very hopeful that you're going to send the same with a winner here. <laughs> you piss taker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might have, because uh, you've obviously had a shave this morning, Dan, that, all your powers must have, like Samson, yeah, like like, Samson must, yeah, drain exactly. from you. Right. I mean, you, you must be full of powers with your bald nut. Uh, <laughs> 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 Basically that, um, <laughs> Magnus for Magnus and the old strongest man. Um, yeah, I, I like one at a price. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Here oh, we go. The right set free. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, the Grand Vizier, 14s each way. I think oh, that's Lordy. too big. You've Lordy. got, I mean, this is a horse with 
an outstanding record at the meeting. He's won the Ascot Stakes. He's been placed in this two years in succession. And I mean, Kingskirt at the minute could find trouble in a in a match, couldn't he? But he did get things went wrong earlier in the week in that Ascot Stakes. He met trouble, didn't get a clear run. That to me suggested that his last four runs aren't just that's as good as he is. Maybe he's still got a one ten performance in him, and if he has, I think he'll be bang there. That Ascot record's outstanding, and this is also when he won the Ascot Stakes. He was off a ten day layoff only. So he has got a bit of previous of turning out quickly and performing. So I really like him winning place. Lovely. 14 to 1 then from Dan Barber. Um, let's go napping. TC, what is your nap of the final day of Royal Ascot, please? St. Lawrence winning place. Lovely. Straight up. Uh, Kev Blake, your nap, please. The old Wellington boot will do for me. The Wellington, lovely. Do you like beef Wellington, Kev? Um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't. Yeah, with two tea no. bags. Yeah. With two tea bags. I, I tell, I'm, actually, we were talking about this before you come on air, Vanessa. <laughs> when, I've got to do. I'm babysitting for my grandson today, and I've just been given a shopping order. Yeah. Where do I find hummus in a supermarket? Oh, in dips aisle. Dips. dips. The, the animal, the animal rising section. <laughs> cigarettes are oh, behind the counter, oh, Tony. Always better. Hey? Always better. The cigarettes are behind the counter if that's on there as well. Uh, <laughs> I buy cigarettes. Dan, what's what's your nap, please? Uh, we just mentioned it. The Grand Vizier winning place. Oh, what do you mean the dip aisle? I've never seen a dip aisle. <laughs> dip aisle. Waitress has a whole aisle for dip. Oh my god! Honestly, we're like dip, 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 dipping, <laughs> dipping our way to the till. Dip, I dip, thought dip. you'd be Harrods and Far Fortnum and Masons, to be honest. Yeah, I just pop I up to Central think- London. I actually think Fortnum and Mason's is a, is a significantly overrated brand. But anyway, we will talk about that another day. Have you heard now. of Aldi? Sorry. <laughs> no, what's that? He's, one, he's, that, he's, that, he's that fish chef, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, look, look, lads, uh, this has been great fun all week, as always. It's been a tough punting week for everyone. Big price winners, big price place horses, form out the window in some places. But we've enjoyed it all the same. We'll be discussing it all on Monday's Weighed In podcast. But for now, thank you very much for tuning in day in, day out. We love having you along with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed the ride. Enjoy the last day. Have a good one and gamble responsibly. Join us again on Monday. <laughs>